The vigilante is just a man lost in the scramble for his own gratification. He can be destroyed or locked up. But if you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, and if they can't stop you, then you become something else entirely. Which is? Legend, Mr. Wayne. Checking out the One Best Podcast Batcast Edition. I am your host Andrew Karachi, alongside Andrew Quimby. Yeah, so I'm gonna make it a little difficult for you to edit that in right away. So boom, just like yeah, that. that that was like that was you. I feel like you were mid mid word there, and you just intro. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's because you said we probably should get, and then I cut you off, and I said, you know what? I know what he was about to say, so let's just get into it. What do we have in store tonight? Tonight, we are going to be discussing Batman Begins that came out in 2005. Yes. The Christopher Nolan movie. The Christopher Nolan. His, uh, yeah. his, uh, I think it was like his third movie he ever made or his second movie. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, this is one of his first movies. Hmm. So I think he did. He did, like, kind of a. I wish. See, when we do these, I never look anything up beforehand because this is because you know why why would we? But like, uh-huh. he did he did like kind of a he did a different kind of movie that was uh, not as big, but it got big kind of later. And then hmm. this was like his first like major movie that he did. Okay. And a, apparently, he wanted to the the way he wanted to shoot Batman was. To, with a gun? No. The way he wanted to shoot him was um, to literally ground it if Batman were to exist in the real world. This is how it would work. So there's going to be no... Um, nobody has powers. There's no Lazarus pit. There's no... Uh, like Bane in the Dark Knight Rises doesn't have Venom. Um, that kind of stuff. They, didn't, they wanted to erase all the comic booky stuff about Batman. Mm-hmm. That the previous directors went all in on. Yeah. Schumacher. Ugh. Tim Burton, though, was a little bit more. I don't know. Because nobody really had powers in the Tim Burton films. Though you could say Catwoman because she was literally dying and coming back to life because she was like part cat. But the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That That is like. And her her magical ability of backflipping. Well, that's because she's a cat. That's what cats do. I've never seen a cat backflip. <laughs> well, then clearly you and Tim Burton have been seeing different cats in your life. Maybe he was watching like Cats the Musical where they all shit on each other on the stage. What? Wait, not you're musical. watching. Yeah, you're watching <laughs> a very different musical there. <laughs> But uh, you can check out the podcast at uh, iTunes is the best way. Uh, Stitcher, uh, Podomatic, not on Podomatic. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> um, you can find us on, uh, what's, that, what's the major one? Spotify. 
Because yeah. uh, now, the thing with um, what's the source we use? Anchor. So we upload our stuff through Anchor. Anchor has a relationship with Spotify. So did you know that if you listen to this on Spotify, I could add music from Spotify to the podcast, but you would not hear it on any other platform but the Spotify version. Huh. Interesting. So um, at the end of this podcast, I am going to post uh, the Batman Begins theme will play at the when you're done listening to this podcast but it'll only be available on the spotify version so if you listen to it on spotify there's your bonus spotify should be paying me for saying that for the record i feel like they're paying you by hosting our podcast without requiring us to pay you know you should be on my side on this because I I plugged I plugged Spotify I didn't have to do that. Now, if only they gave yeah they they should give us money though just because people should give us money for no reason. Yes, yes. Check out our uh, Patreon. We don't have one. But... No. <laughs> Next week. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Spotify just gave us a hundred thousand dollars for plugging them for no reason. Um, this is our full time job now. Oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would, could you quit your job and do a five-day-a-week podcast if it paid? If it paid me enough, I could, yes. Well, yeah, but... that's the question. Like, Not if it just paid you, like, here, deliver newspapers. Here's 20 bucks. No, not with I'm... our 18 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what if, well, if they promoted it? Like, do you think that this podcast, if it was listed... Are we, like, worse than the other podcasts with our average listening count? Like, there's other podcasts that are out there. Do you think we're that far behind them, other than the listener count? Like, no, I feel like I feel like our, our opinions are solid. The, old, the difference between us and much better, bigger podcasts is time, dedication, and... Well, and a lot of them, they probably a lot of them have a background in the in the information. So, like either they're former animators, they worked on a similar project. They're comic book writers, whatever. We're, oh, we're so just, they're they're using their previous careers to piggyback their podcasting hobby, is what you're saying? Yes. We're, what? We are, are you just, saying our history as Walmart associates doesn't qualify us uh, to, to speak history. about Batman? My history as a Walmart associate. You're still currently a Walmart associate. And okay. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> there is no point on that. But yeah, they uh, we're just we're just two people that can, you know watch TV and is that really it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're just two people that uh, watch films and. Uh, review films and stuff like that like not professionally but you know something that we've always uh, that I've always at least done and a lot of it comes from being a wrestling fan and seeing the ins and outs and how they do things and because of watching wrestling from a different eyes perspective it's got me into the world of film and seeing it in a completely different light than I did maybe when I was like 15 16 years old like, I see things a lot differently than I did, uh, you know, 
once when I once when I figured out that wrestling was a work, and then once when I figured that out, I wanted to know more about it and how they made it a work and how they made it look so good, and the ins and outs and how the wrestlers are pretty much all friends with each other, but some of them aren't, and there's real heat, and then there's storyline heat and kayfabe, and that it's no different than how movies are made. It's literally the same process. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's why I have a fascination for watching movies, and I, I I have a ten I tend to watch it from a different perspective. Granted, if like I said, I'm not a uh, a film expert by any means. Like I, I I don't know anyone in the film industry. I've never made a feature film. I've never written. Well, I've written a film before, but I it it, it was it was shit. <laughs> Really? Yeah. So, sophomore year in high school, we had to make a movie and write a script and everything. And I made one, and it went. It was. It went to shit. I realized I had this vision in my head of what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the technology to do any of it. And that's when I realized that it's fucking hard to make a movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the shit you have to do, like. I wrote the script because we were grouped. It was like five of us and I wrote the whole script and um, it, it, it's not a good movie. So I don't even want to talk about the plot because it's so bad, but this is like I said, sophomore mind. And um, I ran into problems. My leading actor didn't want to do the movie. So then we had to switch and use somebody else. And that person wasn't good at all, but it was the only person who was willing to do it. Um, I played the the bad guy in the film, and we had and we didn't have a digital camera in my mind. I was thinking about editing and putting in like adding things to it. We couldn't add anything to it, so we had to go what we shot, and what we shot was crap. Um, <laughs> we filmed a lot of walking because I had it in my mind. I'd be playing music and ha- and having credits roll, which doesn't really make sense because only five people worked on the movie. So what the fuck are you doing credits for at that point? But <laughs> as any young person does when they make a small video, right. they give themselves 30 jobs and they list their name 30 different times. No, I wasn't going to even do that. I don't even know what the hell I was going to do. <laughs> I was just, I had, I just kind of had it in my mind of how I wanted to uh, play out. And, and I wasn't even the one who edited the movie. It was somebody else who edited it. So, like my my movie was like cut and none of it made any sense Hmm. so i will and also our props broke so we had a sword fight that we were going to film and our swords broke so what do you do because this was like um so we turned it into a wrestling match because that's what you do when you don't have swords right (laughs) Oh, okay. We turned it into a scripted, like, wrestling match with, like, retarded wrestling stomps and retarded wrestling strikes. And we were fighting in the graveyard. And there was, because we had to make all the checkpoints, they wanted us to do, like, a first-person view for, like, some point in the movie. So I thought, well, it'd be kind of cool in a fight scene to show some uh, perspective 
of somebody um, getting like you're just fighting the camera guy pretty much, right? Or the camera guy sitting there and you're fighting him, so it looks like you're getting the view of the the hero. Well, when we shot that, I didn't realize that our hero was standing in the background, so it looks like I'm just fighting the cameraman. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> it was great. And then we did the same thing. So it was just, it was a train wreck of a movie. <laughs> and I think I got like a D. Like I, like the teacher didn't even give me like a good grade just for the effort. <laughs> because it was only supposed to be a 10 minute movie. And I, I had about 40 minutes of film that we had to cut 30 minutes off. Oh, God. Ugh. And we shot it with an analog camera hmm. with a tape. The tape was uh, in the camera. That's how old the camera was. Yeah. It's old school shit, man. Well, digital cameras were a, a very new thing at that time. Mm-hmm. You ever, cell, you ever seen... Um, didn't really exist yet, so... Yeah. Now everyone just shoot, would just shoot the video on their phone. Yeah, everybody thinks they're everybody thinks they're a, a producer now. Mm-hmm. So just because you you said it and it made me think of it, have you ever seen the movie Hardcore Henry? Is that the one where the tire? Um, is that the movie about the tire? No. Okay. It is no. a movie. It's basically an action movie, but it's shot entirely in. It's the entire movie is in first person. Okay, yeah, okay. I think you did they actually that. They actually filmed this movie with a GoPro. The entire movie was filmed with GoPros. Yeah. It was stunt people and GoPros. So the budget of this movie was actually incredibly small, but it did really well because it was, it was basically a lot of stunt people just going like, yeah, let's do this ridiculous stunt thing. And it was all, because it was GoPros, it was all first person. It's like watching a live video game. It's, it's I don't know, I really like that movie. If you would have watched the, because um, we had to play the movie in class. So watching people's, re- oh, also our leading actor's pants kept falling down and he wasn't pulling them back up. So oh. we just saw his, we just saw his whitey tighties for like the entire movie. Or mm. when he, in the, during the fight scenes, because he didn't wear a belt. So, um, and I screamed at him for that. But anyways, the, watching the class's reaction to that movie was like I because I never saw the edited version until that day so I had no idea what to expect none of it made any sense half the movie over half the movie was cut out so just random scenes were cut out (laughs) so none of like I said none of it made sense and it was just it was a train wreck and when I think somebody said like what the fuck did we just watch (laughs) I know when I when I was in high school, I had the one class, and it was somebody else's script. But I know when I was in it, and we basically did. I don't know if you've seen Three Hundred. Yes. It was basically that had that was semi recent when I was in my senior year, so it was basically a spoof on that where it was seniors versus freshmen, and they were trying to steal the bleachers, and like. Uh We we did it was it was really it was really good it was hilarious and absurd 
Um, I, uh, the, the guy, the head of the freshman, cause I play the freshman as the biggest kid there. I was of course, one of the freshman people in this movie. Um, yeah, the guy rode me like a, he, he was on my back and he always entered by ride Like he would be on my back and I would drop him off at the beginning of every scene that he was in. Sounds a lot better than my movie. Yeah. Um, everyone, in our class thought it was really good, but uh, they didn't let us actually play it at the end because they were they we always had like a film festival thing where like there was like three different classes that all did videos and they would play them in the auditorium and then the winner would they get like they would get a they would do like get a little trophy thing whatever so like the winner of the film festival thing um the teachers or whatever whoever decided wouldn't let our movie be played <laughs> um. because we had a scene where uh, cause like in 300 they're like, there's one scene where like the one dude like goes into the guy's tent and there's like naked women dancing everywhere. Yeah. Um, so we had a guy who had his shirt rolled up in like a ball thing, whatever. And he was like yeah. stomach dancing in the background in one of the scenes and um, they didn't feel that was appropriate for school. <laughs> Okay, so they didn't they didn't let our they didn't let our video get played but everyone in the class thought it was really good so I was really disappointed by that because I wasn't none of us were aware that it wasn't going to be played until after we had went to this film festival thing it's not like it was that big it was mostly just everyone that was in the classes there but we had went there and like our video was never played and we were like, what the fuck? And the teacher told us afterwards that they didn't want it played. Gotcha. So that was kind of shitty. I did write an infomercial. <laughs> okay. That was uh, that one we did a lot better on. But uh, I decided to make like a... It was... It, obviously, it's fake. But one of my friends had a, a bat that we always used to use for when we played baseball. And for whatever reason, I always felt comfortable with it. So I made an infomercial on that bat saying that this bat will make you better at baseball and make you better <laughs> at life. <laughs> and so we, we would just show like shots of uh, us hitting home runs, but it was, <laughs> we weren't really hitting home runs because nobody could really hit a home run. So we were just like, throwing the ball and mm-hmm. see someone actually throwing it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, that one did a lot better because we incorporate mm-hmm. a lot of comedy in that. And we called it the Nike Keystone bat, even though it wasn't made by Nike. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it was made by Adidas. <laughs> like their competitor. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, after, after our heavy, heavy tangent intro here, <laughs> Um, I think this is a Batman podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe. Yeah, we we're supposed to be talking pretty quickly. We didn't even get into the show yet. <laughs> we haven't even got to. It's, but it's, yeah, you can. You anyways, can find us on Facebook. Yeah, Batcast Weekly. Oh or God. Or you can uh, you can email the show at onebestpodcast at gmail dot com, where Mr. Quimby is searching through the emails we have so many emails that he created a filing cabinet for all of them yes paper because that's how the world works now paper (laughs) but 
with all that, so I would assume we have no emails. Correct. I did get a couple more from Pinfall Wrap Up. People are still emailing Pinfall Wrap Up, which is very odd um, because I haven't, I don't use that email for anything. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's mostly just hi, how you doing, stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure it's all spam. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because no one ever wants to know how I'm doing. So let's <laughs> let's move on to Batman Begins, starring Christine Bale, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Katie Holmes. You can say the name of Rachel Gould because I butcher it. Liam Neeson. Yes, and Morgan Freeman. He has a particular set of Liam Neeson has a particular set of skills. It would have been great if he actually said that line, <laughs> even though that I, movie came out after. He needs to say that. Like, I feel like every role he's ever played in going forward, he should just say he should sneak that line in somewhere in every movie he's in. Yeah. Just, just because it's hilarious. So, we'll just talk about the characters first. So, uh, one of the big changes in The Dark Knight was they switched out uh, Katie Holmes for. I butcher her name all the time, too. But uh, they switched out actors for uh, Rachel Doss. What do you think about that? How do you like Katie Holmes as Rachel Doss? Because that's the only character they switched out. I don't know if you noticed that. Switched out from what? They had a different actress in The Dark Knight. Like the movies we haven't did, like the next movie. Yeah, the next one, The Dark Knight. I don't remember. I, I haven't seen these movies in so long. Don't talk about future movies yet. What do you mean future movies? The movie's like over ten years old. Yeah, but I, I haven't watched it in probably like three plus years at this point. And it's been longer for me because I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. I don't. I don't. I didn't know that the girl changed. To be honest with you, yeah, they Would changed that actresses. Discuss- that was like one of the discussion? big stories that Christopher oh. Nolan didn't like Katie Holmes' performance in this movie. Oh. That's why I'm asking. How do you like the performance? I thought she was perfectly acceptable. I thought so too. I was trying to find like where there there were a few like there was like one scene where she kind of came off a little uh, felt like she was kind of reading lines a little bit, but she's also like not real experienced to begin with. Like this is one of her first major movies she was in. Cause she was a TV actress. I think mm. she was on like, I forget. Is it like one tree Hill or one of those, one of those uh, shows, like one of those Gilmore girls or something like that. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But she's on one of those shows. One of those I don't know. Shows. Yeah. There wasn't anything I saw where she was like awful acting. Right. And I thought she, uh, uh, played well with Christian Bale as uh, Bruce too. Like I thought that actually, it, I thought it flowed pretty well. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, maybe she, maybe um, Nolan thought that she was too young or looked too young because the actress they got to replace her is a little older, much older actually, probably at mm-hmm. least ten years older. Okay. But. It was uh, it was weird. Like that was you. 
I mean, I guess they did it in the other films too by replacing Batman a few times. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it does happen. Mm-hmm. And they replaced Harvey Dent twice. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, anyways, we get into uh, pretty much Bruce is in prison or some type of jail in Mongolia or wherever the hell he is. And um, he gets into a fight purposely, pretty much. And pretty much the reason he's in prison right now is he's studying the criminal mind. Which I thought was pretty interesting because that's uh, something that Bruce totally did. Like, we don't know a lot what Bruce did from the time he left to the time he came back to, to Gotham City, like through the comics and that kind of stuff. We all know that he did a lot of training, but that's as far as like in real time, they a lot it doesn't know. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Jesus from age like ten to thirty. No one knows where the hell he was. <laughs> I just compared Batman to Jesus. Yes, I just did that. Oh but, <laughs> yeah, somebody just unsubscribed, or they subscribed. Like this is a religious podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's our niche. Comparing Batman to Jesus. Did I say anything negative? What? Jesus, and that's I didn't say anything negative about him. No. I made a joke. Yes. Anyways, the um, so he meets who will learn later, Rachel Ghoul. I forget what he said his name was in the movie at that at that point. It doesn't matter. I know. Because it wasn't generic. I I'm Mr. Shadow Guy. We'll call it Lord Salmon Max. So um Lord Salmon Mac, he you know, he's pretty much getting ready for the training montage monologue, because that's what he does through this first half of the movie. (laughs) It's kind of amazing though. I really like how they did it. Like, I understand like it kind of can come off kind of stupid, but I really liked it. Yeah, it's I don't know. I didn't mind it at all. It just it gave you a nice quick. It showed you. So theoretically, if you're a person who doesn't know Batman, it gives it gives you a like. Oh, okay. So he was trained by professional assassin people. So it gives you a background slash like reason on why he can fight people and is good at hiding and like illusion and all the crazy things because they basically give like, yeah, he learned this stuff, which is kind of unfortunate that they basically gave all of the credit to a single person slash place. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, Batman learned information from everywhere he went. He gathered as much knowledge as possible. Mm-hmm. The best like he was on it is from that Arkham Knight movie we watched a few weeks back. Yeah. Yeah, like he was a good fighter before he went there. Right. It's not like he was like useless or anything like that, but yeah, he was I don't know. I I like the whole and then they had the dude who they claimed was Ross Al Ghul. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, just because in uh, normal Batman lore, he's he gathered information and knowledge from everywhere he went, and he doesn't meet Ra's al Ghul until after he's already Batman. 
But they did it a little differently here. They wanted to make give Rachel Ghoul all the credit. Rachel Ghoul created Batman. So that, there's your backstory. New backstory. Joker killed uh, Batman's parents, and Rachel Ghoul created Batman, and Joker created Batman. They both had a child, and it was Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yes. So that's what I've learned from these movies. Also, yes. Two Face killed his parents, too. Every, uh, everyone killed his parents. Remember that one from Batman Forever where they were really uh, diving deep into uh, that one doctor was trying to dive deep into Bruce's like subconscious to figure out what he was dreaming about, but they never told us what the dream was. And they never <laughs> went back to that scene ever again. It was just yes. so weird. <laughs> Very much so, yes. So not a lot of that in this movie. This movie had a pretty clear direction and knew what it wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It wasn't trying to take on too much. So, yep. so practically, um, he's being told to climb this mountain where this flower is, pluck the flower, go up the mountain, fight Bigfoot, and then uh, go up to uh, Rachel Ghoul's thing. Pretty much his house or whatever. Giant now, cliffside mansion. Yes. Were you disappointed there wasn't a shirtless uh, sword fight between him and Rachel Ghoul in this movie? Yes. Because in every version, there's always a shirtless sword fight. <laughs> like I, I, I just feel there had to be a like even at the end of the movie, like when he's like I just expected him the Batman to just start taking his chest plate off and. Russell Gould just takes a shirt off and he's like, yep, this is how it has to be. Well, okay, so in um, in Arrow, they did almost the scene identical where he climbs the mountain to find Rachel Gould's like, hideout thing. Um, this movie is very, well, Arrow is very similar to this movie. This, this like the idea they they literally just copy and paste and just put Oliver Queen in the spot instead. Yeah, they they took a lot of they took a lot of inspiration for. But it, at least Oliver Fitness. Queen didn't get all his training from the island. He got a lot of it. He learned how to fight from Slade. He learned how to defend himself from Slade. But that's not where he learned everything. No, he went. Yeah, he went and went off and was with the Russian. He was with the Russian mob. He was with uh, Hong. He was at Hong Kong. He was in Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went all over the place, just like Batman mm-hmm. did. And yep. when he came, when he came back to Star City, the reason he was able to defeat Slade in a fight was because he had more training than just the island training. It wasn't mm-hmm. the same. It wasn't the same Oliver. Yep. And I, I don't know. I feel like. That him getting all his training from one guy just eh, I don't know. I, I feel I feel a little I feel a little shortchanged on that. Yeah. But I guess they did it for the simplicity of getting just giving you this this the the whole point of that whole like basically like montaging the whole in beginning of a thing. Yeah. Is that they just wanted to get to the they wanted to get to the point. Yeah, I know, I know. And it was fine. Which like it said, worked. I, it, it it was acceptable. It, it's it is what it is. But yeah, they they just wanted him to be Batman. They were just railroading all the story parts though, so they could just get to him being Batman. Don't be afraid, Bruce. Don't be afraid. 
So we learn a lot about Bruce and the kind of person he was before he left Gotham. And um, so his his parents were killed by a, a mobster named Joe Chill. And they kept it Joe Chill. They didn't change the name in this movie, but at least they kept the name right. And was a and then Joe Chill was then assassinated by Falcone's men because he was going to rat on he knew information on Falcone, right? Or was uh-huh. he a, a former member of his gang or something like that? Something like that, was, yeah. He was gonna incriminate him. rat for to get out of prison pretty much. Uh-huh. And so Falcone sent his men and killed him. And so uh, that's when Rachel was in the car with Bruce, you know, discussing about it. And then that's when Bruce said that he was going to, he was going to kill him himself and he showed her the gun. He gets slapped like three times, four times, maybe even five times. And pretty much gives him a lecture. This movie's very lecture heavy. Everyone seems to have a lecture in their, in their back pocket to tell Bruce. Like this whole mm-hmm. movie is literally to teach Bruce a lesson or to teach viewer the lesson. Yeah. He gets like, lectured just, a lot actually. Yeah. He gets lectured a ton in all of these films. Like I said, I like this film. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. if this if the other two didn't exist, I would have been fine. Because yeah. the other two really go heavy on the lecturing to the point where everything gets overly explained and it becomes monotonous. So so anyways, she's pretty much telling him the difference between justice and revenge, which is a um, and you know you hear that terminology used so many times in movies, but no, they never explain the difference. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the first movies that I can remember where they tell you the difference between justice and revenge, where justice is you know it it, it is what it is. Revenge is to make yourself feel better. It's a selfish action where justice is doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. And even in the animated series and any other movies where we keep hearing the term vengeance, even like uh, in the mask of the phantasm, when Batman says to, to um, what's her face? Andrea Beaumont, what will vengeance solve? They never tell you what vengeance really is. So, you hear the term a lot, but you don't, and that's the difference between Batman and Andrea Beaumont in that movie, where Batman's doing this for justice, and she's doing it for revenge. Mm-hmm. She even says the line to him, if anybody knows the answer to that, it's you, Bruce. And that's when you know Bruce realized that she doesn't have any idea what the hell he's doing, like... He, she has no idea what the difference is. Mm-hmm. So I will give this movie a ton of credit because it actually explains the difference. Yeah, they definitely, it, they, they, they created, they, they gave you enough information where you really, not only like, they didn't just give you the, his training capable history. They also basically laid out this is his creed. Like this is, this is where his whole moral thing comes from. Right. Like they they gave you, they, they explain, like they gave you the backstory of his, like why he doesn't kill, which you don't usually see. Well, for most Batman lore, the reason he doesn't kill is because 
that's how his parents his parents were killed. And the reason he doesn't do it is because it, it, it's like traumatizing. It's a it's it what makes him different from the people he's fighting against. It separates him from them. And it's more than that. It, yeah. it's, it's not just because he it, it separates the two. And maybe as he got older and it became more of a job. Maybe that was the only thing that was keeping him from moving. That was the only thing that was making him move forward. But in the very beginning, when he was uh, in his right mind and his justice mind and, you know, doing it for because it's the right thing to do, not because of a, an ego thing, which is what it kind of turns into later, that uh, Batman doesn't kill because that's not justice. That's revenge. And he's not yeah. doing it to make himself feel better. He's mm-hmm. doing it so some punk doesn't lose his lose his parent or some kid doesn't lose his parents from some punk with a gun. Great line yep. from Justice League, by the way. For the way, mm-hmm. for the record, oh, such a good line. But um, <laughs> oh, that's such a good show. Anyways, the the um, so he decides he's gonna go. And be a big man and confront Falcone and tell him, I'm not afraid of you. And Falcone was so awesome in the first half of this movie. I really liked him. The actor was good, too, though. I really enjoy the actor who played him in Gotham a lot better. Because I feel like that Falcone was a little bit more like what a real mob boss was. Like, not necessarily crooked, but understands there's a a process, but there's honor. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they made him more of like a, a mob boss that has honor and like there's a way how you do things. And this one seems yeah. like it's, he's just a crooked mob boss. Mm-hmm. But he points the gun at Bruce and says that I could just I could just shoot you right here in front of all these people. There's a couple off-duty cops, a judge, and nothing would happen. He said, that's power you can't buy, kid. Which was... Uh, a good line and he pretty much and he's like you think because your mommy and your daddy got shot you got nothing to lose well you didn't think about uh, your little friend down at the DA office bang <laughs> your butler bang it's a place that uh, you'll always fear and you'll never understand Yeah, because you fear what you don't understand, and and you you never understand us, or you never understand. Well, yeah, yeah. How'd you like Falcone? Yeah, he was. Like you said, he was good. Like he was good in this scene, like that scene right there. He was really good, but then later he just he didn't quite have the same gravitas yeah, he, he had in the beginning. He felt like he ran Gotham back then. Mm-hmm. Like that was his town, and by the time we flash forward to Batman time, it seems like he's already lost the power. He's now it's, yeah, it seemed more like he group. was he was struggling, and and later on, yeah, like he's turned into Black Mask at this point, and he's being mm-hmm. taken down by the Red Hood. Like that's what it seems like. Yeah, the unnamed Red Hood, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so. That's all through, told through flashbacks. Really good job with the flashbacks. Um, and then we get into 
we get in get into the final confrontation where Bruce has to execute is it like a Chinaman or something like that? <laughs> yes. Okay. It was I yes, see. it was a farmer who killed his neighbor to steal his farm or something like that. Yeah. Who who knows if that actually is what happened too? He might Yeah, frankly they could have just could have been just some random guy. Yeah, probably was just some random dude they grabbed off the street because that would be easier. Right. So, pretty much saying that it's time for him to execute. And he's pretty much trying to talk his way out of it. He's like, I can't, I'm not a, he's like, I'm not an executioner. And so, he decides to, like, fight back, uh, burns down Rachel Ghoul's kingdom, kills the fake Rachel Ghoul. Well, he dies. He doesn't kill him, but he dies and saves the real Rachel Ghoul from falling off the cliff. Yeah, like he he really had to work to save his life, too. Yeah, he did. And then he goes back to Gotham. Mm-hmm. After he nonchalantly burns down a, uh, a building where there's. I guess doesn't. I guess this building doesn't have an address, so the police were never called, or no one saw a fiery building. <laughs> like nah, because the building doesn't exist. Because the mountain doesn't exist. Right, because building fire doesn't create smoke, and no one can see smoke. I don't know. So uh, that's just movie logic. So he goes back to Gotham. And decides he's going to be Batman, essentially. Yeah, that's about something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> I'm Dan Stevens. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just end it. That that would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, terrible review. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just review the boring part of the movie. Like the least <laughs> action part of the movie. Oh, God. So, we both stopped watching 20 minutes in. That's our entire review. Well, I'll be honest. I'm fine with the movie. If that was, that was it right there and I didn't watch the rest of it, I would have been fine with it. Mm-hmm. I really like the beginning a lot in this. But yeah. the rest of the movie's good, too. I'm not saying the movie's bad. I just feel like the strongest part was the beginning. That's why it's called Batman Begins. You're only supposed to watch the beginning of it, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So he goes back to Gotham, uh, shows up at Wayne Industries, totally Bruce Wayne style. Uh, now, Christian Bale is Bruce Wayne. Now, do you feel like he's acting like how Bruce Wayne would act or acting how Christian Bale would act? I... It's the dead shot question. It's the Will Smith is dead shot question. Or Will Smith. I feel like. I feel like he was was a good Bruce Wayne, or was he a good Christian Bale? I think he was Christian Bale. I kind of think that too, but I think they're kind of similar characters, though. Mm -hmm. Like it's. He didn't have the. He didn't have that like charisma oh. that Bruce Wayne usually carries with him. I feel like 
Charisma. That's an interesting word. Like he didn't have that. He didn't have that like gravitas to him. I'm just going to keep giving him big words. Um, well, Bruce Wayne from most of the in, incarn, incarnations, most of the versions we've seen of him, at least from what we've been watching, Bruce kind of comes off as not much, doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Um, doesn't, uh, he's pretty much to the point on what he wants done or who he's talking to. And he just kind of, I feel like Michael Keaton did that perfectly. Mm -hmm. Almost to an extent where he doesn't say much, but he just does things. Like when he gave, uh, when he gave Robert Rue's character a grant Mm -hmm. (laughs) after the guy just was trashing him for so, so much practically without him knowing, but he knew he was standing behind them. Mm-hmm. And he still gives him a grant anyways. Mm-hmm. And this Bruce Wayne acted like the Bruce Wayne character from Batman Year One. Where he's trying to be like flamboyant and trying to almost acting the part a little too much, I feel. But yeah, then he wasn't he's... it was he was yeah, he was over the top and it just he just just seem like just like spoiled the spoiled playboy thing yeah he was playing the character but then he was still being that character even when um even when the people weren't watching him like even when he was at wayne manor he was still acting like acting like that Mm -hmm. because that's the thing like I don't know how I feel about it because I did like the character, but I don't know if it's a real good interpretation of Bruce Wayne. Like it was okay, but definitely, yeah, it definitely wasn't the best Bruce Wayne we've seen. Right. I feel like Like it was, it wasn't the worst. It was, it was, it was an acceptable version, but it could have. Yeah. He was a little too humorous. Like when mm-hmm. he bought the hotel, which was a good scene. Um, like I said, it was all good. I liked it. It was just, I'm just not sure if it was Bruce Wayne. Do you, the real question is, how many women can you stack in the front seat of your Ferrari? It's <laughs> a good question. Or a Lamborghini or whatever the heck that car is. I don't know. Whatever expensive car he was driving there. <laughs> yeah. The first then, time I just remember the first time that, that I watched this movie and the two girls got out, I was just literally like my mind was blown at that moment, like wow, that's next level right there. Like my I I don't know why, but this that that just I don't know why that is just so crazy to me. Ups like just crazy, like absurd, like nonsensical, like thing that I'm probably it's probably it probably happens in real life, but I don't know. Oh, the clown car. <laughs> yeah, just because like when you have your expensive sports cars, you, you can only fit two people, but you know rich people need all the people. So yeah, let's just stack the girls on top of each other like cordwood. <laughs> probably what they did. Mm-hmm. And. 
yeah, so he buys that hotel after his uh, friends jumped into the water fountain. Again, the, what what kind of like actions are that for any like even a even a nonsensical person isn't mm-hmm. gonna go swimming in a water fountain in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna say I've been in some fa- like super fancy restaurants like that, but I've been in restaurants before that have water fountains or like hotels that have water fountains. I've never seen anybody except for homeless people swim in those. And and for the and for the record, like. If I just wrote a check for a million dollars and handed it to my waiter and said, I just bought the hotel. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I don't think the waiter is the one that's selling it. <laughs> the waiter is just going to be like, uh, what do you expect me to do with this? Like, You're like 30 tiers away from a guy who could make that decision. <laughs> like the busboy isn't going to be the one that's going to accept your check to buy the hotel. I would have been like, okay. And I would have just, took the check myself and never gave it to the owner. And then I would have been fired, but at least I'd have that money. You'd think so, but I don't know if that works that way, but okay. I don't know. You just, just call it a grant. Yeah. Oh, my grant for my, my bat bashing paper I'm writing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he does have a good line in there where he's like, anybody who dresses up at a bat at night clearly has issues <laughs> as he's like spinning the finger around his wine glass. Mm-hmm. It seemed like drunk Bruce Wayne came out a, a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. I still think the best, uh, the best scene is when um, he, he he's at his house and he gets everybody to leave. Yep. Or <laughs> he's just like, acting like a complete drunken fool. And I love at like the end where they're looking at the newspaper and <laughs> did you see the headline for Bruce Wayne's mansion being burnt down? Mm-hmm. Drunken billionaire <laughs> burns down. Mansion. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm like, if that's, if that's the headline, how is he not arrested? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not legal. Why? You can you burn can... down your own house. No, you can't. Why not? You definitely cannot. I own my own house. Why can I not burn my own house? Because because arson's illegal. Arson is illegally burning someone's house. That's like saying I own. That's like if I have a campfire and I light a campfire in my yard. Is that illegal? Am I arsoning the wood? No, I'm um, just burning a, a campfire. It, it depends on the city law. Because you might need a, a permit to do it. His yard is so big, he's his own goddamn county. <laughs> I understand that, but you can't burn your own house down. It's just like how people will burn down their businesses. They they get in trouble for burning down their businesses, not just for the collecting, trying to collect the insurance, just burning your business in general. You can't do that. You I can't feel just like go if around you claim down that, buildings you own, you can't. No, you can't do that. I, I, but I feel like those people get in trouble because they deny they burned down the building. <laughs> and what's why? Why even deny it? Because they it's want the insurance, insurance money, right? But no, you. But can't if you don't care about house. insurance, then 
I don't know. Well, let's put let's put the theory to the test. So tonight, when we get off this podcast, burn down your house, and then let me know if you're going to be spending the night in jail. Uh, well, I definitely wouldn't be spending it in my house. <laughs> we'll see if you get arrested. Now you're not allowed now to do this. You're not allowed to run from the police to prove a point. Oh, I didn't get arrested, so therefore it's legal. No, you can't run from them. We'll see if there's a warrant out for your arrest for burning down your house. But you can't burn down your house. I feel like you're allowed to burn down your own house. I feel like it's like reckless. Um, It's very dangerous. It's just like you're not allowed to kill yourself. It's against the law. People still do it, obviously. They don't really get arrested for it, but you... It's one of those laws that that one they normally don't enforce. But um, just because it'd be kind of weird to be arresting a dead guy. Well, I feel like they do arrest people for like attempted suicide, though, don't they? Well, technically, the term. Okay. A court. <sighs> Here comes tangent number two. So, We're on like tangent 37 at this point. Right. So. In my. Uh, you know what? I'll share it on the podcast because this guy's a piece of shit anyways. So when um, one of my older roommates I lived with, uh, I, well, I don't think he did, but I think he, I guess he did. I don't know. But I wasn't home and I came home from, I think I was just watching the games at uh, Sporties or something. So I came back. There's police everywhere around my building. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And they wouldn't let me on the front door. And they're like, what do you want? What are you doing here? I said, I fucking live here. I want to go home. And uh, so they said, well, what, where do you live? I'm like, I live upstairs. Is your roommate blah, blah? Because I'm not going to say the name. Yes. Well, I don't know how to break this to you. But your roommate, he committed suicide. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, but he's going to be okay. What? That's how the news was broken to me. That he committed suicide, but he is he didn't actually die. And you want to hear something totally awful, and I'm going to share it on the podcast. You know what my response was? Was it okay? No, it was, does that mean I can't go inside and play Madden now? <laughs> wow and what I, did the cops say to that they're like this is this is serious and I'm like I'm serious any question where I was and all that stuff because he thinks you murdered your roommate now apparently <laughs> right you're a sociopath who planned a murder on that and went out to the bar to have a drink and then just came back to the scene of the crime to see if they found the body body yet. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so he he didn't... It was that his person thought he was or something like that. So he was under 48 hours of observation. He had to stay at the hospital for 48 hours. And um, that was the best two days. 
I ever had at that apartment because I was by myself. It was great. <laughs> no, no crazy roommate writing my name on a bullet and saying he's going to kill me with it. Jesus Christ. Okay, then. He was a psychopath. Yeah, Dick. Sounds like it. Total fucking psychopath. That, um, I don't know. I had to block him from everything. Which, I'm sure he listens to this podcast because the guy was fucking obsessed with me. So, the, um, so yeah, you know who you are. And I know okay, who then. you I know who you are too. So but yeah, he he was a total fucking psych I lived with him for a year. <laughs> but yeah, that, right, that's then. that's the Batman begins tangent. So right. okay. <laughs> when we come back to Batman Begins, which we should just call this the name of this podcast, Andrew's Psycho Roommate. <laughs> God, because I feel like that would be a better uh, a better podcast just in general. <laughs> All the crazy it, shit that that dude did. It'd be interesting, at least. <laughs> oh God! So we get into him as Batman for the first time. Because I'm skipping over him with his little ski mask. Because who cares? And we get the scene at the docks, which is a awesome scene because the way they had him just take out all these bad guys and a lot of them were off screen. And even there's a scene where he just jumps down in the middle and it looks like he's fighting all these guys. And it's, it's shot with a close up, so you can't really distinguish a lot because this movie had a lot of close ups in it. The way mm-hmm. they did everything, the way they shot everything. Yeah. Which I remember when I saw it in the theaters, I couldn't see anything and it really frustrated me. But rewatching it, I because I know what happens now, it, it actually I actually kinda like it. Shot like that. Because it, it you could you're imagining what's going on. You know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I like when movies do that. Yeah. Where, because nothing's more terrifying than your own imagination. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a completely boring person. Where you're like, oh, what's going on? Is he just sitting on the couch? No. No, he's not sitting on the couch. He's clearly fighting people, dumbass. Was it was it this fight or a different fight? I saw one of the fights in this movie, he does use a gun to shoot someone. Um... As he grabs a guy's hand, points the gun at someone else, and shoots them in the foot. Oh yeah, I mean, sure. This the this this Batman is not afraid of guns, mm-hmm. or is not anti guns. They've never they never established that at all. Yeah, that's just that's just Batman's number one rule in the comics and in most of the media we've seen of him in, but. They, he was, he they, owned a gun and was planning on using it to kill a guy. Right. Well, that was before he was Batman. That's when he was in revenge mode. Yes, but that was but still. At some point, he was willing to kill someone with a gun. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's where Gotham got the idea that, oh, uh, when Bruce was younger, he was willing to kill a person, so let's just have him kill people. <laughs> yes. Well, they did it in the movie. Well, no, he didn't actually kill anyone in the movie. Well, they, he would have if that guy wouldn't have been shot. Maybe he might have. I think he might have. But he would have probably instantly regretted it. And I guarantee you, he probably wouldn't have killed again. Because he would have realized it didn't make him feel better. I don't know. He probably would have had Shank a dude in that prison. <laughs> yeah, he would have turned into uh, the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so let's see prison Batman. <laughs> so that kind of reminds me of, since we're talking about the Punisher, and by we I mean me. So there's a... Uh, Back when DC and Marvel used to do crossovers and shit like that, there's one with uh, Batman and Punisher. And Batman's lecturing the Punisher because the Punisher obviously has a reputation of killing bad guys. And Mm -hmm. Batman says a good line. He's like, you know, when you kill another killer, you're not erasing a killer. You're just replacing one killer with another one. And Punisher replies, he's like, yeah, I know. That's why I kill more than one. I like that math. <laughs> He's like I'm replacing a hundred killers with one killer. Right. That math works out to me. Yeah. He's like, that's why I don't stop at just one. I think that's the line. That's why I don't stop at one. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I think, I don't know if we discussed that on this podcast before, but I know I've discussed it with Rob. Would, uh, if Batman or Bruce Wayne, let's say he was older and his family was killed when he was an adult, would he have become the Punisher? Or do you think he would have still become Batman? I feel like... Yeah, he probably he'd probably be more Punisher than Batman. Or would he be more similar to the Arrow, where he would kill in the beginning and then stop? Like, how old are we talking? Like teenager or like as an adult? And as an adult, like probably in his mid to late twenties, about the same age as the Punisher, when his family was killed. Let's say he has um, his parents get killed and maybe he has a kid, too. A daughter, because that usually drives people crazy when their daughter gets killed. More than the son. I think more men are driven to become killers themselves if their daughter is killed before their son or something like that. I don't think that's a real stat, but I'm sure that... I don't know how you would calculate that stat, but... I'm sure that the percentages go up if your only child's a daughter compared to a son, that I feel like if your daughter is killed, it'll drive you into becoming uh, a vigilante killer compared to maybe your son, where you might, you might be able to grieve it better. So I, I, this is going to be, this is going to be not one of your options, but I feel like if adult 
Bruce Wayne's parents were killed. I think he would be hiring the Punisher. I don't think he would do it himself. At that point, he would have been raised his entire life as a wealthy, wealthy, privileged boy. I don't think he would be getting his hands dirty. Well, now in Flashpoint, so we have something to go off of here. Okay. So we do have a point of reference. In Flashpoint, Thomas Wayne, his his son was killed in the alleyway instead of himself. Uh-huh. He did become Batman anyways. Well, he became Batman, but he used guns, and he did kill. Okay. That any... Um, so... I think you're going to get a combination of maybe both. Just because maybe it is somewhat hereditary. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's in the family where if something traumatic is going to happen, someone from that family is going to turn into Batman. Are we going to, are we going to get the spiritual, like, apparently Batman is like the spirit of the Wayne family and he must possess someone of each generation to become the Batman? <sighs> I know that Bruce probably believes that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that'd be like, when you get way to that weird whole, like the whole, like weird, like court of owls thing. And there's all these like weird, like ancient ritually kind of peoples that all around Gotham. I feel like the bat spirit of the Wayne family fits right into that. Yeah. I, I feel like, and I really apologize today because we are completely off topic. We didn't even talk about Batman Begins. We're talking about everything but Batman <laughs> Begins today. Today, So I don't know. Maybe we'll attempt to do Batman Begins next week and just put this up as a random Bat podcast. <laughs> now we're, we're slowly making our way through it. <laughs> I know. I just feel like this is so tangent heavier than our other podcasts have been. We were doing yeah, pretty good for fun. like a good 15 weeks there. And then this one just, I don't know. This is a good movie too, but I cannot we're, stand we're, the task. We're, we're making up for our non-tangent episodes right now. So yeah, I apologize for anyone who's listening to this podcast for the first time and is wondering what the hell is going on. I hope you were entertained by the stories though. I really do. Because I feel like um, if... <laughs> I hope you got something out of this that maybe you're like, you clicked on it. You're like, this has nothing to do with Batman Begins. He spent the first half hour talking about, uh, what the hell did we talk about the first half hour? It wasn't even Batman related. Oh, about Andrew's movie careers. His... <laughs> <laughs> the yes. Andrews and their movie careers that they had. That mm-hmm. is the reason mm-hmm. why they're educated enough to tell us information about this movie. Yeah, that's a bunch yes. of shit. <laughs> but anyways, the um, no, I think the point of reference we have is from Flashpoint. And that Thomas Wayne, who is the one who raised Bruce Wayne, obviously, that mm-hmm. I feel like he would have become Batman anyways. Now, there's another universe that Bruce becomes Batman even when his parents are still alive. He still becomes Batman. 
Hmm. Oh, no, no, no. He doesn't become Batman. Batman exists still. Bruce is okay. not Batman, though. Oh, okay. It's in the, it's in the animated series uh, episode called Perchance a Dream, where Bruce gets put into a dream, a dream scenario, but he doesn't know he's dreaming. And there's a Batman. Uh, he can't put his picture on. He can't point his finger on it. But he realizes his parents are still alive. And he's married to Selena Kyle. So like his dream scenario life. And he doesn't. He doesn't understand. Like he knows he's. This isn't right. But he decides he's going to live with it anyways. Because it's better than the alternative. And then once when he realizes that it's none of it's real because he tries to uh, find books and that kind of stuff, and he can't read any of it. And that's because you can't read when you're in a dream. Mm-hmm. And that's when he figured out he was dreaming, because he couldn't read anything. And he was able to snap out of it. So the way he gets out of his dream is he commits suicide. He jumps off of a building. <laughs> That's that's some heavy duty commitment right there. Yeah, he's about to jump, and the the character he was fighting at the watchtower, he's like, "Well, what happens if you, what happens if you're wrong? What happens if you, you die?" And he's like, "Then I'll see you in your nightmares." <laughs> I was like, "Jesus!" <laughs> God damn. It's a great episode. But um. But yeah, so we get back to Batman Begins because that's what we're doing today, I guess, apparently. Allegedly. And so what happens next? You're like, where were we? He's, uh, he's at the, there, he's at he, the docks. He did some docks things. Do, I have some dynamite dropping information there, by the way. You could be a mm-hmm. color commentator. Yes. That was a good one too. That was a really good, uh, <laughs> really good drop in there. It's like fly ball on the left field. This one might be caught, and he catches it at the wall. And then you're going to be like, "That was a nice catch," and that's it. <laughs> Those yeah, what, what's the schools uh, are really paying off for you? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It all, all works out there. Um, <laughs> uh, do you do you want to talk about him and Fox? No, man, I've been babbling most of this podcast. Just take it. All right. So, so there, there's the guy that um, works at Wayne. Uh, I'm just, I, my train of thought is just not cohesive right now. I could tell. <laughs> um, I guess before that even scene, there is the scene where he is that way, man. He goes on and goes, oh, I got to talk to, I'm going to go work at the company. And he goes to work at Applied Sciences, which is like apparently just the basement where they dump all of the R&D projects that don't work out. Yeah. So Batman goes grocery shopping in the R&D department of Wayne Industries <laughs> and builds himself a Batman suit. Or Batman life. And he just takes the Batmobile from there, too. Yeah, it's some, like, I okay, the suit I could understand nobody noticing. And, like, some of the other gadgets, okay. But, like, when you have, like, basically a tank vehicle thing that's made to, like, jump across rivers, 
somebody at Wayne Industries got to be like watching the news of him like running through police cars and running along rooftops and questioning like, huh, that looks like the vehicle we have in our basement at the company. I wonder what's going on there. I feel like that whole scene where he's running away from the police could have been completely avoided. I feel like that entire scene was him just wanting to try out the tank. Oh, yeah. He just wanted to flip all of the switches. He just was like, what can I do to make so I can flip all of the switches? Like, he literally drove on top of a parking structure so he could then drive across rooftops. That was completely unnecessary. So, did you like this Batmobile? Or did like you, you like said, like Tumblr, I guess. I yeah. I do like it just because it's it's a realistic Batmobile. Like how this movie, like you said, this movie is meant to be like grounded and realistic. Yeah, that is the realistic Batmobile. That's what a Batmobile would be. Like it's not going to have like big wings on it and stuff like that and be like oh like some of the other versions are like this is probably the most realistic batmobile kind of vehicle we've seen yeah i guess i mean i i like the uh i like the tim burton one myself i just think it looks cool yeah it looks cool i like this is yeah this isn't the most aesthetically pleasing batmobile but it's the most like functional Batmobile. I also feel like he doesn't need it. Not in the slightest. Um, I feel like it would be more conspicuous if he's driving to these scenes in something that's not a tank. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I Bat- feel like- Batman should just drive like a nice like town car or something like that. Yeah, like a Toyota Avalon. <laughs> he just drives it to a location then changes into his bat suit or just like or bat grapples around the city yeah he's basically Spider-Man he just grapples his way around town that's pretty much how he gets around in the animated series for the most part mm-hmm. yeah there, there's much better vehicles he could be traversing in I don't know he just Eh, he likes his flashy toys. He does. I will say the the cop chase scene though was pretty good. I mean, he was flying yeah, on rooftops. Yeah, yeah, that was an amusing scene. <laughs> I will say that he doesn't. Uh, not only does he not care for the rules of the road, but he destroys everything that he touches. <laughs> like all those houses, just destroyed by that frickin' Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Like, how much money do you think those people are going to have to spend to get their roofs fixed? Do you think insurance covers uh, Batman? What do you think the insurance rates in Gotham are? Because Batman uh, is there. Absurd. <laughs> probably, probably not as, the, as bad as the ones in, like, Metropolis, though. Do you think that Bruce pays for all these homes to get no. fixed? No. Eh, he probably has like Batman charity fund that fixes all the damage <laughs> Batman does. The, the, the Bat fund funded by Bruce Wayne. 
It's just to fix the damage of the vigilante that roams around the city and destroys things. <laughs> yeah. And some of these cops that were just getting their cars like flipped over and oh yeah, he wrecks so like, he wrecks so many police cars and probably realistically like severely injured many police officers in this chase. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's okay because they're all crooked cops. But they aren't. But they're not. Most of them aren't. They're just officers following directions. Mm-hmm. I love the best part of that whole thing is they're all sitting all these squat cars are sitting outside that building and no one's going inside and Gordon shows up what's what's the problem what are we waiting for backup backup for what the Batman's in there <laughs> like they're gonna have to get like a slot team for one guy mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's kind of cool because every single Batman movie that involves a police chase always involves a SWAT team. <laughs> yeah. And they don't they ever didn't try to drop a, They didn't try to drop a bomb on the building this time, though, so... <laughs> like in uh, year one? Yep. They just firebomb a building into the ground because, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the solution. Yeah. But um, in Mask of the Phantasm, they blew up their construction site, not intentionally, but... There's mm-hmm. open firing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And he still got away. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be some collateral damage of all this just gunfire at Batman, too. Like, the way the cops just shoot at Batman as he's, like, flying through the air, like, man, there's got there's a lot of bullets flying around out there that have got to be hitting people. Another another thing, um, when Scarecrow uh, spear talks and goes through the whole city of Gotham with all those people, and Batman's flying over it, and everyone's getting terrified of a bat, I'm just thinking, I'm like, if you didn't know what he was doing, like, if you didn't know what Batman was doing, you'd think that he's a sociopath just going out scaring people on purpose. It looks like that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, it was that was actually that's really funny because like Russell Gould like knew he was coming because he could hear the screams of all the people screaming as he flies <laughs> over them. Yeah. And I love uh, Al Ghoul's uh um reaction when he sees him in the bat suit for the first time. He's like, "Wow, you took the uh what the fear th- uh, theatrics a little literal." Yeah, you took the theatrical himself. part a little literal there. <laughs> Oof. So they fight on the train. We skipped some parts, though. Yeah, there was Scarecrow. Scarecrow had a fear toxin, which was a super concentrated version of the flower that grew on Ra's al Ghul's mountain. He was able to and, weaponize it. Yeah, he weaponized it. I was a little disappointed. Like he sprayed, he sprayed Batman with it. I was a little, I, I was like, because I, I, I didn't remember. I'm like, oh, I, like he's just gonna shake it off because he's already went through this. But then he was like, he called Alfred to come pick him up, like a small child. Yeah. And Alfred came and picked him up in the town car. So like, just a car pulls up to this building, and apparently Batman just crawls out and crawls into the back of this car. 
Yeah, that's, well, another, that's another option for him to get around town, I guess. But Alfred could just drive him. And like his dad. <laughs> Daddy, come pick me up. <laughs> I'm done fighting crime for the day. <laughs> Basically. Um, but yeah, then it's... He finds out that yeah, they, they're, they were smuggling in this fear toxin and they... We're, they're dumping it into the water supply. And they had this big fancy machine they stole from Wayne Industries that vaporizes all of the water. Of course, something like that would exist. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a basement full of ridiculous devices. Why not? Right. Um, so, yeah, so then their plan was to... Run, drop, put it, they put it on the train and just drive it around and blow, blow up all the veins and cause the entire city to go insane with fear and tear itself to par- apart. You know, this movie kind of suffers from the same thing that the Flash show suffers from. Very similar. And you know what that is? Where every everything from Bruce's tech comes from uh, from Wayne Industries' like basement that already pre-existed and so mm-hmm. any new thing that he comes up with it's going to be well I got it from the basement I got it from the basement then you go to the Flash TV show every single villain's backstory is the particle accelerator mm-hmm. and it kind of suffers from that same um, storytelling yeah if this, if this was a if this was like a drama TV show, it would be, it'd get repetitive. Mm-hmm. But I thought the movie overall was still a strong movie. Um, it's definitely the best of the three, in my opinion. Uh, and, you like that don't, don't you? I, what's, what's the one, the one with Bane? Dark Knight Rises. I think I like that one the most. That one would have been good if they didn't have the unnecessary plot twist. Yeah, if you don't consider the unnecessary plot twist, I feel like that's a really good movie. I agree. I still think it's a good movie. I think it's a great... Mm-hmm. I think all three of these are phenomenal films. From Like I said, these these are not fresh in any way for me. But I feel like that the, that the Rises is probably my favorite from what I recall. A lot of people didn't like that movie. A lot of people didn't like that movie. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how I feel with it. I've, I've gotten. It was interesting watching this movie because we've watched so much Batman contact content now. I have a very different Batman context than I've ever had watching these movies before. Yeah. So it was a very different. It was very different watching this movie with Batman con more Batman context than I've ever had before. So we'll see. We'll see how I go. How the other two movies play out with more, my with more context behind them. I guess like I, I was looking at it through a different set of, a different angle than usual. I guess I don't know. Oh, we forgot to talk about um, the monologues and the uh, the life lesson things that, like I said, how Alfred was. Mm-hmm. Every character had this had some type of catchphrase it seemed like um even batman had one at the end where rachel's like can you at least tell me who you are 
if you die, he's like, it's not who I am on the inside, but who I am on the outside and what I do that defines me or whatever the fuck you said, but something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> Rachel's like, Man, you could have just said your name's Bruce. <laughs> you had to go through all that. Yeah. But Joffrey was there and they, he didn't want to let Joffrey know his identity because he'll order the guards to execute him because you don't, you didn't watch Game of Thrones. You don't know who that is. I was going to say, I'm like, who's this guy? Like, did uh, we get a new character that I totally missed? Joffrey is I the. Thought that was the name of, I thought that was the name of the kid. I'm yeah, like, the, the kid really plays the, the kid? character. No, oh, the kid. That's the actor. Gotcha. The actor, that kid, that actor is gotcha. in Game of Thrones. Is the king in Game of Thrones? <laughs> gotcha. Yes. Things you haven't watched. No, I haven't watched that. Though I did find a new show on. Well, it's not new, but I found a show on HBO Max and I, called Barry. You should check it out. Barry. Uh huh. Okay. That no, I'm serious. Like he's a hitman, a former like marine that when he came back became a hitman, and somehow one of the guys he's trying to hit, he stumbles into he follows him into like this like gymnasium type thing, and it's uh, an acting class, and somehow he got roped on the stage and read some lines and because people were clapping he thought he was good at acting so he decides that he wants to be an actor slash hitman for a little bit huh so it kind of has like a get shorty vibe but it's it's good i i don't know what that is never saw get shorty no um where the a hitman for the mob decides that he wants to write a he wants to be a movie producer. I have no idea. So he like moves away from it's John Travolta. He moves away from like the city that he's from and goes to LA to pitch this mob movie about a, about himself pretty much as hmm. he becomes the writer and the producer for this movie. And he pretty much strong arms his way through the entire process. Hmm. Danny DeVito plays the actor in the, his movie that he's producing. There's a great scene because Danny DeVito, who is an actor, is playing an actor, is teaching John Travolta, the the character in the movie, who's not an actor, how to act. It's just, it's kind of, it's weird and very meta for me because <laughs> Travolta is a really good actor and mm-hmm. DeVito, he's good, but he's probably not Travolta good. And like, he's teaching him how to act. It's just, it's a weird scene. It's very, very meta for me. <laughs> but that's Batman Begins. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yes. And uh, like I said, overall, pretty good movie. I wish we would have stayed a little bit more on tasks today, but there was a lot. I don't know what happened today. 
but <laughs> this is, it is what it is. Um, next week we're going to do the Dark Knight. Uh, I think the Dark Knight will be a little better because there are some parts I have like major issues with, and it's typically a movie that is known as the best of the three. Um, I hope that next week I can try to exploit that and tell you why Batman Begins is a better film. But okay, okay. But a lot of people like it because Heath Ledger is the greatest Joker of all time and all that crap. But um, no, he was great. He was great. Don't get me wrong. Great. It was a good movie. But mm-hmm. I feel like it was trying to be too big. And yeah. There's a lot of and Batman was awful in it. Which to me, like when Batman's bad, it makes it hard for me to like your movie. Mm-hmm. When Batman's not very likable. Yeah. Because that's the problem that uh, the the Schumacher movies, the Batman Forever and Batman Robin suffered from. Mm-hmm. Where Batman was not likable. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Val Kilmer, who's going to shut it all down because he's going to go tell this therapist who he is. Ugh. God. Those movies were awful. <laughs> I know. They were so bad. Uh, which one was worse? Yes. Yeah, that, that would have that would have been the only acceptable response. <laughs> If you didn't uh, say yes, I was going to be very disappointed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there they, it was. Ugh. So with that, I'm Thunderhand alongside Dark Lord Nergal, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>